Hello, welcome to the podcast. This is Dorothy Brown talking today to Alan Coote. So Alan and I have known each other for a number of years. Uh, We met through marketing uh, and networking and have actually worked together on a number of projects as well. So Alan. Dorothy, hello. Hello, nice to talk to you. It's really, really good to be here. We've known each other a while, but, and I heard about your podcast and I'm just so chuffed to be invited on it, genuinely. Yeah, it, it's been uh, something that I've been talking about for a long time and doing for some time, so it's good to have you here. Now, I have been on the internet today to have a scoop round you and your life, and I know that radio is very important to you. So tell me what happened way back when and how did you get into, into radio? So it started when I was around 16 and that was a long time ago now. And a guy who I knew introduced me to radio, hospital radio actually as it was. And then after a a couple of weeks or so of doing that, he started to record my programs. And I thought, this is a little bit weird. You know, as a 16 year old, people are recording your programs. He said, actually, I really like listening to it. And then this is how long ago it was. Do you remember those, those reels of tape? Do, so yes, the, yeah. The, the, honestly, it's not that old. Uh, well, there was cassettes, but he didn't have a cassette. He had these reel-to-reel things. So he used to come into the studio and he used to record it. He was kind enough to say, oh, have you tried this? Have you tried that? And that was really the start. And a few months after doing that, there was a radio station, a BBC station that was starting up. What the people who started those stations had to do, they had to go around the public and do all these little public meetings. One of the stops was this hospital radio station. And he came on and... Uh, I, uh, I was going to turn up, right? Yeah. There's a guy from the BBC turning up. I'm turning <laughs> up. And he looked me up and down and said, how old are you? And I said, uh, I think I was just barely 17 at that point, just have a birthday. And he goes, oh, do you drive? Well, I'm learning. I'm learning to drive. He goes, oh, well, uh, in a year's time, come and see me because then we'll be started up and you'll be a bit older, yeah. right? Now, he thought that, that was it. I think he got rid of the lad that was going to be listening to every word and hanging out and writing down what he said. And exactly a year later, to the day, mm-hmm. and I phoned him up and I said, hello, it's me, Alan. You won't remember me, but you came to this radio station and I said, and you said I should phone you up in a year's time. And it's a year. <laughs> and he goes, oh, Yes, I do remember. I thought, he remembers. Anyway, he invited me up, long story short, invited me up and that was it too. And I started on on the, um, literally making the tea and uh, back to these little reels of tape. Yeah. The BBC is so hard up then that you had to rescue these tapes. You can't just use them once. You have to over record stuff. And that's why a lot of programmes got lost in the uh, archive because people had to reuse yes. this tape. So that my job was actually to look, look at this stuff <laughs> and reuse these tapes. So that's how I got started in radio back many, many minutes ago. So you've done a, a various things. You've even run your own company radio station down here in Bournemouth on the south coast of England. My midlife crisis. Yeah. Tell me more about your midlife crisis because that's when we first met. Well, how that happened, not how we met, because that wasn't funny, but how the radio station <laughs> came up was also funny. <laughs> I suppose it's when you're like you're a musician or you do something when you're young, you never lose that passion for it. Mm -hmm. And they do say that about radio. I left the BBC genuinely because I realised that I wasn't going to be rich or famous being on the BBC. Mm -hmm. And then my mum had said, 
go and get a proper job. So I got a proper job, got you know the education and did that for many years. And then I had a midlife crisis. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know, how many years have I got left doing this, this job? And it was a well-paid job. It was, it was really good. I enjoyed it. And I thought to myself, well, I've got to do something. You know, what will people remember of Alan Coote on this planet? Sweet Fanny Adam, right? So, you know, there, he was annoying, wasn't he? And so I thought, that's not good enough. So I then left, which has its own story. And um, my midlife crisis was starting a radio station, which thankfully is still on the air and yeah. very successful. Yeah. So it's, it's taken that leap of faith, or as we call it, out of the frying pan. And what was it like the other side from the BBC? So, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd left the BBC to go into industry and, and had a proper job. So do it, doing that was, was very mundane, but as you might expect, but it was safe. That's the thing. If you're in the entertainment business or anything that's related to, um, well, lots of people that, you know, are not sure these days whether the next paycheck's coming. Yeah. But when you leave that, I, I left it for a more secure environment. I think right. that, that's, that was the key. And but you still have that anchoring, and that's what took me back to radio. When I had my midlife crisis to go and start a radio station, that was a bigger jump. That yeah. was that was a, you know, that was a wrench, mm. and I was never sure whether it was going to work out. Yeah, and when did you do that? That was two thousand and uh, t- slash two thousand ten. Right. So, right. So, what happened in two thousand eight? <laughs> yes, the banking crisis. Yeah, and a blooming recession. Right. So, yeah. uh, I started a radio station that was predicated, partly at least, on getting advertising. Mm-hmm. At a point when everybody was cutting back yes. on their advertising. Yeah. So that that little bit of you know from two thousand eight was um, was quite painful actually to be honest yeah. you know we were we were touch and go for quite quite a number of months mm. and in fact probably two years it was touch and go yeah not knowing where the money was coming from and that's that's quite often isn't it when people start out on their own enterprise that they're not sure if this is going to work financially if they haven't got backing that's going to be there or if the backing's taken away so if you start something today in similar circumstances what's it going to be like yeah, they do say, get yourself a side hustle. Yes, right? is that, that's, that's, that's the terminology these days. It is the terminology. Yeah. Yeah. And then you've got some sort of assurance whether something's going to work mm. uh, before you take that leap. Yes, yeah. But I remember the day, and this is not, I'm not unique in doing this, but I remember the day that was my last day at the proper job, what I call mm. the proper job. Yeah. And I'd worked at this particular company for 16 years and I had several years of doing my side hustle. Mm. And I walked out of there probably at, maybe I, I left early, probably skived off at two o'clock, right? Yeah. And by half past two, I'm in the new place. Okay. I'm, in my, I'm in my environment doing my, my job, mm. uh, my new job as it mm. turned out. So there was no respite. It was literally yeah. one from one thing to the other, which was, yeah. that was good. If you have that side hustle, I think the thing is, you still have that problem about, okay, well, this is fairly successful and you're torn between two things. And mm. for some people who are torn between three things, one is the company that you've got, yeah. uh, sorry, that you're working for, and you've got the assurance of money coming in. The second thing is you've got your family around mm. you. You've probably, if you don't have dependents, you might have 
other people in your family going, oh, not too sure if that's a good idea. Yeah. yeah they're on your shoulder all yes. the time. Yeah. And the third thing is you've got a loyalty to the next thing. So you, there's this new thing that I'm going to do um, and everybody else that I've got involved in this, is that going to work? And if I didn't make a jump, mm. how would that affect that side of the business? Because I was at this point employing people as well. So it is, it's a very, very big decision i think mm. that people need to take when they make this jump and that decision sometimes is done in in like a blink of an eye but it's because you've got all of that behind you that you've done all of your your processing your procrastination your thinking you're frightened of it but you think you've got enough chapaz you've got enough knowledge you know what you're doing okay let me go and do this and i mean the word that you said like hankering to do radio the wrench now, none of that is anything to do with business in some ways, is it? It's, it's to do with what's inside and how you go out and you do it and you present and you're, OK, I'm there. I'm able to do this, whoever you're talking to or through the radio, you're talking to the world. But you, nobody knows what's going on up here or in your, in your heart, do they? Up here being in your head. <laughs> no, that, that's true. It doesn't matter who you share it with, in a way. It's still ultimately your decision. And I, I, I think there are probably thousands and thousands of people that have fantastic ideas and they don't do it because it's the thing on their shoulder that says, oh, you know, yeah. no one else has done this in my family. Maybe I can't do it. Yeah. Or it's just it, not a, it's, it's their own beliefs that's stopping them doing it, which is a, yeah. which is a real shame. And people do rest on the, their ideas and they have these ideas in their head and they never get them out that is a real problem because at some point you're going to discover that maybe the idea that you had was a good idea mm. somebody else has done it yes and you go yeah. oh bloody hell somebody else has done it yeah and yeah. that's not a very good thing because then you're always looking back and you always think oh Mm. It's better to try and fail than not try at all. Yes. I think that's the yeah. phrase, isn't it? But I think that's the thing. Is it's better to have tried and failed than not to try at all. And I, and I would advocate anyone who's got an idea, half an idea, yeah, you know, make sure it works, do all yeah. the proper things. Yeah. But go and do it. I mean, even now, mm. when we're facing uncertain economic times, and we will be for the next few years, yeah. even now I think there's a really good opportunity for people just to go and get out and do it and yeah. follow their passion. Yes. And that's the thing, isn't it, is to have your passion. Have, maybe it's, as we said earlier, your side hustle, but be passionate about that. And then for you, there may well become a time when that's, that's your life, that's you can give up the rat race. I want to go back to the family thing because this yeah. really affected me a lot because my, my midlife crisis was partly uh, down to my own family situation. Yeah. And so that was sort of the catalyst of thinking, okay, well stuff has changed personally for me i've got an opportunity here to to do something to start a radio station in most countries yeah. you need a license yeah. right and you've got to apply to a license and quite often it's a beauty contest it's got slightly easier now but yeah. that's what it was and so there's a whole process of of deliberation that the government yeah. departments do so you put in all this in and the hope and the wish that someone's going to say yes you can have a radio station and the day that that happened, I, get, I remember it very, very vividly. So I'm in the proper job and the telephone rings and it's my partner. Mm -hmm. And she has said, I've got bad news. And the bad news that she had is that she'd been to the doctors and she'd 
I got cancer. So that's bad news. Yeah. And then I'm thinking, ah, okay. And then we had a conversation, clearly, a mm. devastating conversation to have with anybody, particularly when it's your partner. Yeah. And then I put the phone on my mobile. I go, okay, right, now what do I do? So I walked around the building for a, a while, obviously looking a little bit dazed at the news. And then the telephone rings again. And it's the government department that is responsible for licensing. And they said, oh, congratulations. It's like you've come up on the lottery. Congratulations. We've given you the license to run your radio station. Oh, my goodness. And I must have felt, well, I must have appeared ungrateful Mm. because I was flabbergasted at the previous news. But then I couldn't really share when I went back home. I couldn't really share the delight of, of that news. So... Okay, that's a tough situation, but your your family does influence what you do. Yeah. And I think that, you know, it is about balancing, but ultimately, and this is going to sound really harsh, and I don't mean it to, but ultimately, you know, if you can find a way, even through those, mm-hmm. that, those mm. times when things are tough at, at home and you can still do your thing, I think even then you should do it. You need to be sustained personally so that you can be in the moments and in the requirements of a difficult situation with family if you don't have you there it's not going to work and the, and you're not being you're not going to be able to provide the support that's required in in those sort of situations yeah so, yeah. yeah but i still come back to my my central thing is that if you've got an idea and i'm talking not necessarily to you because you have an idea and you're doing it but in general <laughs> That if, if if there is an idea or an inkling and you think you can do it, it's no good in your head. Mm. Don't keep it in your head. Get it out there. Tell people what you're going to do. Take their advice for sure. Yeah, yeah. But take professional advice. Yes, absolutely. Right? Independent professional advice. Never write a spreadsheet. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> I'll tell you why in a second. And, and go and do it anyway. Would you like to know why I think you shouldn't write a spreadsheet? Because someone holds you to that spreadsheet. (laughs) No, you should convince yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I see what you mean. So here I was, and I wrote the the world's best marketing plan, if I say so myself, and the world's best backup of of a spreadsheet. And it showed fantastic projections, fantastic profit, regardless of actually... The, the economic situation. Mm. I think it was Churchill that said, and I might be misquoting, no plan survives first engagement with the enemy. Yeah. So my business plan, rubbish. Yeah. Absolutely rubbish. Don't do a spreadsheet. I, yeah, I, I know yeah. this goes against your grain because you love <laughs> I'm spreadsheets. Here cringing. <laughs> uh, what I'm saying is don't do a spreadsheet that actually you, you convinces yourself yeah. that something is a good idea. Mm. And this is why you need independent advice. Look at what others are doing. Assess, you know, really genuinely how big the market might be or your target audience might be. And take a sensible judgment. Don't go, oh, well, I'm going to sell these widgets for twice as much as anyone else's and I'm going to sell twice as many. Or the market is so many million people and I only need a percent of those. Mm. Yeah, well... Prove it first, yeah. prove it, yeah. and then and then build from there. Yeah. Result will be a nice loaf of bread because you've proven it. <laughs> <laughs> I like that metaphor. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, that's the way forward, definitely. Advice, passion, and a, and a head on there that you've done your work to go, to go with your advice and your passion. 
yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know, the world's full of people that have got those things in their head. Get it out there. Just get it out there. Yeah. Just do it. Yeah, just do it. As they say. Is that somebody else's phrase? It might be. Uh, I think so. <laughs> Alan, thank you very much for your insight. Really, really, really insightful, and good to talk to you. Good to talk to you, Dorothy. Thank you. Make sure you like and subscribe to the podcast. Uh, find all the details on the link that uh, you found the podcast on for all our social media as well. And I have big news for you, which you will find out on our next podcast. Looking forward to speaking to you then. Bye.